Welcome to the Cultivate Network Podcast, where we're digging in, digging in on Christian living, leadership, and church planning. Here are your hosts, Jamie Couch and Anthony Waters. Well, brother, I've enjoyed this talk about the small group, the core group. But And after we've talked about the qualities that we look for in this core group, today we need to look about where are we going to find these folks at? Where are we going to find our core group? So where do we look? Where do we find this core group of people? Obviously, your family is obviously one. We talked about the family unit, the unit coming together. But let's talk about more of the core group. I think this gets into your acronym, FRIENDS, as well. I think this is where we talk about FRIENDS in this as well. And I'll let you define more on what that is. But let's talk about the core group, buddy. Where in the world are we going to find these like-minded individuals to launch out into this great unknown of a church plant? Well, okay, great. That is a great question and a good segue into this next session. I liked and it. I thought it was good. Good, good. good. Yeah. So <laughs> as we as we as we think about church planting, you put yourself in this seat for a second. You're going into a completely new town that you've you've you you don't know a whole lot of people. You you kind of have an idea. You studied about this town. You know a few folks. And uh, you know where the restaurants are and all that, but you really don't have connections quite yet in that town. Doesn't it sound crazy right off the bat? Yeah. I mean, everything you just said, let's go somewhere where we really don't know anybody. We've never been there, but let's go and let's plant a church there. To the world, that seems really bizarre. So does preaching. Doesn't it? Yeah. The foolishness foolishness. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Yep. But it pleased God through that foolishness yes. to save those that would Absolutely. believe. And, and you know, the, to answer your question, one, one may say, go back to the book of Acts and study about how the Apostle Paul would move into a new territory, uh, whether it be at Mars Hill, whether it be at Corinth, mm-hmm. and, and learn how the Apostle Paul connected with people, developed relationships, that formed core groups that later launched the churches, the Church of Corinth, the Church of Ephesus, the, the you know all all of these church, the, the Church of Colossae. These churches were formed from Paul establishing relationships with individuals in the community that later birthed a powerful church. Mm-hmm. And so there's uh, one may say just just go read and learn how he did it. And but what we'll try to do today is extrapolate. Uh, from those principles that that we learn from Paul and reading, uh, and and share with you today, maybe in some some nuggets or bullet points. So one of the one of the keys I'm thinking about the Apostle Paul going to going to Corinth because uh, since I named Corinth a couple times, I may as well settle down there. So there's two individuals uh, by the name of Priscilla and Aquila, and uh, Priscilla and Aquila, husband and wife team. They were Christians. They had, they were actually they had they had just moved. I won't go into the exegesis of this, but but they did they they were actually um, political refugees uh, had been under persecution and they moved to Corinth uh, for for refuge and they were there in the in this town of Corinth and uh, 
they were serving Jesus quietly and just kind of doing their thing. They were they were tent makers. They 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 had a business. They were entrepreneurs. So they were making their way. And then the Apostle Paul, ironically, was also. I'm telling the backstory how this core group got formed. The Apostle Paul was also a tent maker, working man. You know, he sang Alan Jackson's Working Man Blues. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I just get. Can we delete that part? <laughs> no, you the, said it. The Apostle Paul. <laughs> For the note, he did not sing <laughs> country music. <laughs> did not exist. Now, he was a country fellow, though. He was. I mean, he even said reckon. I he mean, said, I reckon. <laughs> For I reckon. I mean, I reckon that the I mean, sufferings of this present season shall not worthy. be worthy to be compared <laughs> to the glory which shall be revealed in you through Christ Jesus. So Paul was a Southerner. He was. I mean, you know, he was Southern before it was cool. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, back to the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Twist and here we so go. So the Apostle Paul was also a tent maker. And I imagine they were, they were how did they get connected? There's, there's. There's two entrepreneurs, a family, Priscilla and Aquila, and then Paul. Uh, they both had businesses that they were running to try to help Paul. He did it to fund the ministry. That's what he did. He did not. He even said it. I'm not asking y'all for money. I want to be able to, by the sweat of my brow, help this ministry so I don't put a burden on you. And you can use your funds for your ministry and your community. So Paul said, I want to do this. I don't have to. I want to do this. So that's what he did. And through his work, he connected with Priscilla and Aquila. I imagine there's, there's no prescriptive detail in the scripture, but I imagine they were probably in a marketplace. And Paul was having a conversation there at the marketplace. You can take your mind back in time and maybe imagine an old um, historic Roman era marketplace and the hustle, the bustle and there's a tent maker over here set up with a booth and then there's Paul set up over here repairing tents too and then he's like huh there's more tent makers over there and he goes over there that starts strike up a conversation we're Christians we're here we're here as refugees really and then all of a sudden <laughs> one thing comes to another and then they start having small group in their home next thing you know they bust into a church and then you have the church at Corinth later so how did Paul find his core group in Corinth? He, he baptized himself in the community. He came and started serving in the community. He was working there. He was serving there. He was connecting there. He was in the marketplace there, and he bumped into them. He developed a relationship. He didn't do a, po a, po a post on Facebook looking for core team members in, 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 in Corinth. He did not do, put a newspaper ad out there in the, in the Corinthian Herald. He didn't do that and say, looking for, <laughs> looking for core group members. He went into the weeds and connected with people. So he built relationships from community connections and ministries. One of the best ways that you're going to, that's probably one of the best ways that you're going to build relationships inside the new community that the church plan is going to take part of is building these relationships. There's a whole lot of folks on mission for God and they have, they are like minded individuals that are in the community that are based there. And it's an awesome opportunity when you start making these connections and reaching out to them. My mind goes back with Journey, how we started at the Aspire Center, and we met certain individuals and we just, just in connections. Mm -hmm. And they were like-minded individuals. 
One that I always think about is Sister Susan. Yeah. Sister Susan, so awesome. We love her. Thank God for Sister Susan. How wonderful. And what a great community connection. And if you look at the church today, a lot of them were there because of Sister Susan inviting them, saying, hey, there's a new group down here that's kind of different. They're different, but they love God. You ought to go down there and you ought to go and just visit them sometime. <laughs> mm-hmm. But these community connections, they're so, so important. Getting in the community, meeting the people, uh, seeing where their heart is as well. Because you'll find out that it's going to be very similar to what God has laid on your heart as well. Yep, yep. But I think uh, in, in in context, the Aspire Center is a community center in, in mm-hmm. the town we planted in. And, yep. and Susan is one of those what we call a kingpin. She knows everybody in the town. Yep. And so she's your messenger, right? And yep. she's going to be able to connect with people you never could. So find a Susan. Find you a Susan. Mm-hmm. And and uh, pray that God puts a Susan in your path. Yep. And then and then you will uh, have those connections. That's powerful. Yep. I love it. I think that's awesome. And, you know, that's even when we first uh, got hooked up with Celebrate Recovery in Monticello as well. It was through the Aspire Center, through a connection that we made right there. Then we were able to reach out into the community and meet others in the community. And it just kind of built on top of itself. Well, let's, it let's, fun. that's a good, that's a good segue because you mentioned Susan, let's, let's circle back. Susan, we love you. If you're listening to this podcast, we're going we're gonna to have to tell her to listen to this, <laughs> but think about how God orchestrated this whole thing. So yeah. I, I was asked to come and speak at a, um, um, at a Friday night recovery rally mm-hmm. in another town, yep. a different town than we were planting in. That's right. Right. Yep. And so I go and I speak there. I met Susan there. That's right. Yeah. And so she was, she was, I guess, blessed by the the message, and and we we connected and got to know one another there. Mm-hmm. And then when we started the Monticello, there was already a connection. So so never discount, oh. even if it's not in your town that you're planting in. So thankful you said this. Yeah. Go ahead. You're, you're <laughs> no no no. Don't discount those those conversations because mm-hmm. a lot of times. Especially after, let's say you, you come off the stage where you were up ministering, you come and you sit down. After the fact, there's a lot of people come up, oh, the message was a blessing to me. The message right. is a blessing. And let's be honest, a lot of times that is discounted. But don't discount these. Oh, my gosh. Don't discount that, no. guys. If it was a blessing to somebody, that means it spoke to them. The Word of God spoke to them. It was nothing of you. It was the power of the Holy Spirit working through you. Don't discount those encounters, those chance encounters. Don't discount it. My goodness. I'm sorry, brother. You can, oh, you can no, pick up on no, that you, as well. No, you, you said it better than I would have. But because that, that night God was putting a breadcrumb. That's right. In the path of journey community. Oh wow. And we were oblivious to it. That's right. We had no idea. <sighs> so true. That the half of the, the our our faith family was our are connected to Susan <laughs> by in, invite personal invitation. So amazing. and then you know had I had I handled that inappropriately, had I not been cognizantly aware, and and you get over overwhelmed. And I'm an mm-hmm. I'm an introvert, dude, and oh, yeah. and I'm I've been guilty before of after a service being so overstimulated with just connecting and things that I just kind of I'm just want to crawl into a hole. And, and just kind of like just reset myself because I'm, I'm just emotionally drained. It's not because it's hard or bad. It's just because I'm an introvert and I have to deal with that. And so sometimes after a message, I find myself kind of like being distant yeah. just so I can uh, 
catch you know, your breath. catch my breath. And, and, but, but that, you know, don't ever discount a communication, a, a, a conversation with someone who you don't even know because God could be putting them there for a specific reason for a season upcoming. So how do you do that? How do you do that? So you have to actively listen and you have to actively engage in a conversation yeah. with these individuals. Mm-hmm. Don't discount it. Mm-hmm. Take time to invest. Yep. And remember, <clears throat> there was somebody that invested at you at some point as well. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a key word there, Anthony, is I want to say this. So many people, I'm going to say it, especially in ministry, that are so busy trying to be interesting oh. that they can't be interested and I think that that especially in preachers and ministers, God love our hearts. We're we're trying to be cute, come up with cute sayings and cute slogans and cute <laughs> sermons and and be different and all this. You know that it's just the reality, right, in the American church. But yeah. the facts are, guys, if we stop trying to be interesting yep. and started being interested, Oof. then I promise the times have changed because the relate the core team is built on relationships, and if we cultivate those relationships. Then God gives the increase. So it's easy to discount this, you know, and to push it to the side. I mean, we do this in our everyday life. So it's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you time. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you effort. But isn't it worth it? Isn't it worth it? Mm-hmm. My goodness. Mm-hmm. What's another way, buddy? Well, there's there's different different modes out there of, of, of assembling a core group. And, and we don't have to deep dive as we did this one uh, too deep into those because some of them are self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. They're sending churches. Oh, yeah. Now, ascending church is pretty much self-explanatory. Yep. It's a church that says we're investing in this church plant. We've mm-hmm. been discipling these individuals. And we're going to send them out yep. to go do this work. Paul did it. Yep. Um, I hope that Journey is able to send uh, people out soon and in the next few years and to go plant other churches and us be a sending church yep. instead of a, just a receiving church. Yeah. It was for us to you know to be able to send. And so I think if we start Journey, if we start our church plant with this spirit mm-hmm. of we are our destination is not because here's what happens. We get in this <laughs> in this. Um, mindset of a little kingdom mindset and the little kingdom mindset is all things focused on that particular church and that particular venue and that particular town. And that is the epitome and pinnacle of ministry. However, Mm -hmm. the prerogative of the church isn't to take up the whole to, to take up the whole block with our building or, 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 or grow into the entire, you know, like the biggest church in the town or compete with the other. That is not our prerogative as a church. Our prerogative as a church is to be able, it's not how, how well that we gather, it's how well that we scatter. It's not how large we are. It's, it's how full of the spirit we are in sending, sending people out. And so as, as, we, as we begin to assess ourselves, and, and that's a constant assessment, I feel like that has to be on our church, am I willing to send my best for God's work? Mm. Am I willing to send my best, my best team members, my best, uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever that is, volunteers to go to God's work? And if you hold them back, if you hold them back, if they hold you back, you know, if you've ever been held back before, then you know what I'm talking about. If, because when you hold somebody back, guess what? They can see right through it. You're a tool in their cabinet, and they know that. 
But when you sit them down and you look them in the eyeballs and you say to them, I want you to go do greater things than I've ever done before. That's what Jesus did to the disciples. He looked at them and he said, these works you saw me do, you're going to do greater works. And if that's the spirit we can lead with, then we could say we can be a sending church to send missionaries into the unknown and then help support them as they go. You know, that's not a that's not a popular and I like how you dropped your phone. It's kinda of like a mic drop there, but <laughs> but you know, a lot of times I think that you're right. I think that we get into uh, we have to build our kingdom. You know, and I think it's a sad mind place to mindset place to be. But I think we see this a lot in church is that we get more focused on that one building, that one mission that we forget the big mission. Right. And, you know, let's be honest. The goal of a pastor is not to let you sit for 40 years underneath that same ministry. It's to train you up to be sent out because, I mean, that's what sheep beget sheep. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, that's a <laughs> it's a hard it's a hard thing to think about. But I think it was a great segue into the next thing, a mm-hmm. uh, great way to build your core group. And that's the discipleship programs. If you're discipling at the ground level at an established church, if you have discipleship programs in to kindle the fire that is inside of these children of God that want greater, they want greater works. They want to see God move in greater ways. They want to be able to reach a group that seems unreachable and for them to be discipled and for them to be led and to be encouraged to go forth. Hey, you know that new church that's opened up down there? Hey, why don't you go down there and go and be involved, be active in it and see what happens. That's going to take some of you having to swallow your pride and understand that it's not about your work. It's about Christ's work Mm -hmm. and the fervorment of the gospel. That's a hard pill to swallow, buddy. A lot of people don't like that because they feel like you're getting, you're, I think you put it the right way is you're taking, well, this is the best I got. My goodness. It's not what you got. It's what God's got. <laughs> no, I think that really, really the, the discipleship program, Anthony, could have been the predecessor to the sending church. You I think know, you're right. Really, I think we might have got that. We may have placed those bullet points in the wrong order. That's Nevertheless. Okay. That's okay. Nevertheless. To be a sending church, you have to be a disciple. Absolutely. Church. You've got to be. You, and, and, and a discipling church is is the spirit of what Christian leadership is. That's right. Um, and, and the last one we we shared here, Anthony, on the on the, on the bullets here are our recovery ministries. These are really good. You're, and, you talk about making connections. Yep. Recovery ministries are great connection pieces because in a lot of times in recovery ministry, now let's be honest, these are the cast outs. These are the ones that have been thrown out to the wayside. They are no good. They've never been any good. And these people come together in recovery homes involved in recovery ministries. A lot of times all they have is the celebrate recovery service that they go to because they don't feel like they would be welcome Mm -hmm. somewhere else. Recovery ministry is a great place to tie into because there's people in there hungry for God, hungry for the word of God, hungry to see God do greater, hungry to see God do more because they know that with God, all things are possible. No, and I, I, we added this, guys, on, onto the core team. So wait a second. You mean I would look for someone in recovery to be a part of my core team? Oh, what a mind, mind, mind wait, shift that wait, is. Wait, wait. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wait, I don't even. <laughs> the church at large. This is going to be very frank here. Yeah. It's been a day for that, evidently. Apparently. Um, uh, <laughs> Apparently. Okay. The church at large. You can see it. Drive through your town, and you will see. Wednesday night service seven. Sunday Sunday morning service eleven. Sunday night service at six. Recovery ministry Thursday at seven forty-five in the basement. <laughs> That's true. It's I true. Agree. It is true. That's what happens. That is Frank. But, but here's <laughs> here's what I love, and 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 I want to say frankly that is not the purpose and prerogative of the church. No, sir. To segregate a group and and, and isolate them. Now, I'm not knocking anybody that's doing anything not like that. Not at all. But here's no. what, here, because you're actually doing recovery. That's great. Yep. But what I'm saying is is, is that these, these individuals are not meant to be isolated no. into the basement. Mm-mm. They are a part of your faith family. Absolutely. And not only that, we, there, is, there is diamonds that are buried under a sea of regret and pain and mistakes and men that and women that have callings on their lives that the the church at large may miss you may miss it yep. because you're looking at the the scars and the the journeys and the mistakes and the imprisonments and the drugs and the addiction and all the things but if you could see past all of the the past see past the past yeah and see what you know god what do you see there because here's what here's what I see, I see at Journey right now we're seeing some men and women of God, that are that are some of the greatest ministers that I've ever ever heard witness, and they ain't scared, ain't scared <laughs> ain't to scared. go to go into any pit of lions, any pit of, of of demonic forces. Why? Because they've been there. Yeah, they know. Yeah. and and you know to have somebody on your core team that knows what it's like to be at the bottom that knows what it's like to be rejected by society and the church and that understands. And you know what those people can lead with empathy. Oh, wow. They can lead with empathy because they know who. So I would almost bet you money that you probably heard someone in a church before kind of refer to these people as the undesirables. This is brings an undesirable element into your church. I've heard those very words, actually. Yeah, an undesirable element. Honey, you used to be an undesirable element. No. I, I feel like I still am an undesirable element. <laughs> I'm worthy in the eyes of God. I'm worthy through the blood of the Lamb. But don't you dare ever tell me that it brings an undesirable element. If that's undesirable to you, you need to hit your knees. I'm sorry. Let's have, a, let's have a real conversation. Let's be honest here. You need to hit your knees, and you need God to bring your focus back in. Yeah. Give me the undesirable, because I was undesirable, Man. but I found grace in the eyes of God. Yes. Don't you ever tell me that I don't want a church full of undesirables. That's exactly who we're after. If you're planting a church, guess who you're after? The undesirables. Huh. Preach, I'm sorry, buddy. Preach. Don't apologize <laughs> for that. My but, goodness. But I love the spirit of what we're saying here, though, because we're talking about even a core team. Oh, yeah. We're talking oh, about goodness. a core team. Yeah. Where do, the question looms, where do I find my core group? Yeah. And I guess the spirit of what we're saying is don't overlook yeah. some of the most unexpected places yes. that you're going to find them. God, it's amazing, uh, godly connections. How God 
if God's in this, it's amazing how God will bring things together and bring and let you cross paths with individuals that you'd probably never had an opportunity to cross paths with before. Yep. That goes back into not taking for granted those chance encounters, those those chance meetings, the opportunities. Don't be afraid to look outside the box of your box that you have built in your mind saying, mm-hmm. well, God can only move in this aspect. Look past your right. box right. and look at God's whole view. Don't just look at one piece and say, this is all it is. It's just a little tiny piece. God's bigger. You cannot contain God in such a thing. Oh, man. So, guys... As we we're, we're getting close to turning the page to this episode, yeah. But I, there's a few more things I, I wanted to kind of share that we didn't necessarily have in, in our notes here, yeah. And and one of those is this: we said a lot about ways to find those core team members. Um, here's what I, I, I want to caution you as a as as a as a leader leading a church plant. If you're if you're doing that, if you're thinking about that, is um, there's a commercial out there called about settlers. <laughs> And if you've never seen it, you can check it out on YouTube. Don't be a settler. <laughs> and 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 here's here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. Just as God will put people in your path, right, that, that need to be on your core team, there's going to be individuals out there that are hungry for power, yeah. hungry for authority. Yep. And they're going to have 16,000 stories of how the church before has hurt them and made them mad. Yep. And then, and, and, but so I, 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 a word of caution is that when, um, when you're putting together a core team, you know, guard that with, with ensure that all the qualities in the previous two episodes that we covered, you know, be sure you filter that through, through those qualities because there's going to be those that are hungry for power and authority mm-hmm. and, and they want to be on the core team just so they can, have the status of being on a core team, you know, a, a word of caution there. So, so don't look at it with man's eyes because I promise you, you're going to see, you're going to see Saul and you're going to think, wow, look at Saul. He's a giant. Look at that person. That person is a great leader in the marketplace. That person is a great musician. That person is a great preacher. That person is a great ex. You put the name there, whatever that title is, they're good at this thing because they're good at a thing doesn't mean they can lead in healthcare. I see it all the time. Good nurses are made managers and they're terrible managers. Good clinic operations uh, workers are made managers and they're terrible managers. And I've seen people that were not the best workers that became great leaders because the different qualities that exist. So what I'm saying is don't overlook David over in the corner (laughs) because Yes, he. Yes, he's he's a ruddy little lad, and he may not be, you know, what your eyes think should be in that particular role. But don't overlook David, because if God's called David to be on your core team, you better put him on there, yes. right? Yes. And so there's there's so many opportunities. So as you look, don't look in eyes of the flesh, and don't look with the rudiments of the world contaminating your thought processes. Look through eyes of the spirit. In order to do that, you've got to die daily and have your eyes open to the Spirit and be vigilant and sober and see what God does. So I always go back to the fruit. By their fruit, you'll know them. That's why you take your time about this as well. Yes. No need to rush. <laughs> There's no need to rush. You're not on a timeline. Yeah, not at all. 
Not at all. Hey, it may take a while to build this core group. It's not like yep. one day you roll in and be like, you know what? Core group, core group, core group. But yes. Anthony, the other church did it in six weeks. Don't. Uh, d- 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 we're not on that timeline. Well, what about the church I found online that, no. go- that I Googled? They no. said this. Goodness, no. We're not on that timeline. What's line. the standard? <laughs> the standard is God. Come on. The standard is God, period. First and foremost, the standard is God. Test the fruit. Know those who labor among you, brother. Know those who labor among you. Not just a chance encounter with them. Know them. Get to know them. Pour into them. Hey, they might be a little rough around the edges. We all got to be molded, man. We all got to be molded. But take your time. Ease them into Ease them into it. Let them do roles. Let them do things. Open up service. Close service. See how they interact in the church, how they interact with the people. Do they take initiative on their own to go do things? They see a need. They feel that need. Do you do they do they do the work mm. of the ministry mm. or are they more focused on power? Uh, a, a hungry lust that they would have for something like power in some way, shape or form to have their name expounded in a great way, shape or form. Hey, it may take quite a bit of time for this. It's okay. Yep. I think that's important to say. It's yep. okay. Mm-hmm. Don't expect the core group just to magically one day go, oh, got them. Yep. That's you. All five of you are <laughs> our core group. Welcome to the team. <laughs> Bad mistake. Every Happens t- a lot. Every time I've Happens rushed, a lot. I've regretted it. Yeah, absolutely. Every time I've rushed, yeah. I've regretted it. Absolutely. I've never regretted waiting on God. Never. Yeah. Mm-mm. Oh. And and so I, there's 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 going to be there's going I love the way you put that because it's not like a, you're interviewing them right like, like it's a, but but I <laughs> promise you questions. to know them that labor <laughs> among you I mean yeah you should you should understand them and interview them by thoughts mm-hmm. so with with you know uh, some 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 sort of a formality to where you understand who they are yeah but I love the way you put um is that you you observe them mm-hmm. you watch them in lean <laughs> sorry in, in lean manufacturing. What they call that is uh, is the um, um, the oh shoot it's a Japanese word it, it ain't kazan uh, it's a kimba it's it's a it's a kimba walk so as you as you move through that you're you're mo- you're, you're getting out there where 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 folks are right and and you're watching and observing. And and there's and, and you're going to catch it when somebody's all about them, when somebody's wanting credit for something, and somebody's, uh, you know, they can't participate in what's going on right now. They're wait, they're not on the core team yet, and they don't want to participate in what you're doing together as a group because they've got 16 ideas that they want to bring. So that but they can't. Warning sign when when you got somebody who can't participate in what you're already doing. Because they want to do what they want to do. Red flag, Big red time. alert. Yeah. So pause that. But but see, what if you would have saw that person's resume and said, oh my goodness, this person has led ministry and all these great things and did this and did that. Well, then you put them in the role and then you find it out. And you're like, oh, we're hosed here. We're not, this is not <laughs> going to work. Uh-oh. So it's easy. I, I, I typically hire slow and fire fast in the workplace and and that's um it, i would rather if you hire slow you very rarely have to fire one of my one of the best managers that i ever worked for i i was walking with him one day and he stopped and he had a conversation with a staff member and the staff member said when's my midpoint review 
when are, when are we going to do my midpoint review? And he looked at him. He said, you don't understand. He said, I evaluate you daily. He said, your <clears throat> midpoint review happens every day. And that, the, the worker turned and looked at him. He said, what do you mean? He said, I'm evaluating you daily. He said, the way you conduct yourself, the way you present yourself, the way you do your job, the initiative that you take, he said, I evaluate you daily. Mm. There's a lot to that. That's a good manager. Yeah. That's a good trait for a leader. It sure is. And that's somebody you want in a core team. Absolutely. It's somebody who takes initiative. And one of the things that, that uh, and I know we're going a little bit long here, but this, these, these are some just nuggets that we're sharing at the end of the, at the, end of the podcast here. I was, uh, I was sitting down at a leadership workshop in, in Orlando a couple weeks ago, Anthony, and our, our CEO of our, our company uh, had said, had said um, something that stuck with me. I jotted it down. And, and he, what he said, it, 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 what he said was impactful, but what, what my thoughts after what he said, I felt like built on that. And what he said was, value creators take it all. Value creators take it all. And he was talking from a business mindset. Well, then I started thinking about that. Wait a second, value. So then I started thinking about, you know, as through my work, through my work and, and the promotions I've received over the years, it's like, so I, if I want to be a part of a team, the, the inner, inner circle or whatever, I want to be at the table, I'm not after the table. I'm not after the table. If I can be after creating value for my leader, figure out what keeps them up at night, solve their problems that they're dealing with, and then do not take to them problems, take to them solutions to the problems that they have. And then guess what? They're going, you're not going to have to climb up. And this is career advice too, guys. Yeah. You're not going to have to climb up a ladder. They're going to drag you up the ladder. And here's why. Because you create a value, for, not for what you thought was valuable, but for what they thought was valuable. There's times where we think that painting an oil painting on the side of the building is valuable when our leader thinks it's crazy. So it's not what you think is valuable. It's what your leader thinks is valuable. Now, that's in a business mindset. Okay, now put that into the spiritual mindset. If, if you're working on, okay, you're working in the ministry, and you got, you got somebody who wants to be at the inner circle, and their goal is to be at the inner circle, their goals are wrong. Their goals are wrong. Yeah. What's your goal in ministry? Well, I want to be at the table when decisions are made. <laughs> well, your goals are wrong. Your goals are wrong. Okay. So, but if you got somebody who says, okay, now, now I want to create value where my boss thinks what my, in what my boss defines as value. So who's your boss? Has to be the Lord. It is the Lord. It has to be it the, is Lord, the Lord, man. man. <laughs> so then, so then, all of a sudden, you're you're solving problems of what you're 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 creating solutions and reaching out for what keeps him what keeps him up at night. Yeah, lost souls, mm-hmm. people alone and hungry, and without support, people <laughs> that are broken from the conditions of sin. Yeah, people that are ostracized and marginalized and put and set aside. You know, then all of a sudden you start creating value and and for for what that and then what happens next is powerful. Amen, buddy. I love it. I, what you said there, uh, I echo once again this same leader that I'm talking about with the last example. He had a policy for all of us that was in operations that if there was a problem when we called him, he wanted a solution offered. 
So you would call him two or three in the morning. Well, such and such generator tripped offline, but here's what I think we should do. And all he would, all he, I remember all he would ever say was, sounds like a good idea. Let me know how it works out. Yeah. It was empowering. Yeah. It was empowering. Absolutely. <laughs> it's great. And you felt, and it felt good for you because absolutely. But you had to critical think before you made absolutely. that phone call. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. But it, but it was awesome. And there's going to be, there's going to be folks, guys, as you lead, as you lead, that's going to bring to you the problems. Well, guess what? They're not the core team members. Core team members find something and fix it. Yeah. Prime example, just the other day, one of our core team members, we had a, we had a, a, somebody in the church walk through in the middle of a, a, a table talk meal, and they vomited the floor. <laughs> we had, we had uh, <clears throat> here's what's cool about it. No, nobody flinched. No, we kept going. <laughs> Everything kept going, and, and it was disruptive, but it takes more than that to disrupt journey. It does. We, I guess we're, we're, we're acclimated to disruption. We're, we're crazy. <laughs> but, but okay, there was, there was two core team members was stumbling over each other to go, to go clean it up. That's true. Typically, core team members are running away from that because they're above that. Oh, my goodness. I'm on the core team. <laughs> I don't have I to don't do clean that. up vomit. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm, where you start. I'm an executive leader here. Yeah. I don't clean up vomit. Oh, no, no, no. I don't think that. I don't, you, ever, you never outgrow that as a member, no. as a core member. That never is outgrown because you understand that it's, that it's every little aspect. It's every point. It's not just one shining star moment. Mm. It's everything. It's everything. That's crazy. Yep. And, and then, but it was beautiful to see two people stumble over themselves to Very clean much. up puke. It was. Uh, <laughs> but, but guys, um, to, to kind of summarize what, what we talked about, you, and I don't want to preach it all again, but here you go. Where do you find your core group? Create relationships in the community every chance you get. Do not overlook any conversation, even opportunities outside your community that would lead to connections in your community. Don't overlook that. Sending churches, there should be more of them. Create one. There should be more of them. Create one. Discipleship programs, if we're not preparing people to go, then and we're only preparing people for the show. Oh. Then we need to go. And then the last thing is, is 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 recovery ministries. Don't overlook them. Don't overlook it. They're diamonds in there. Yep. Those 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 folks have you know. So so don't overlook. And that's not just recovery ministry. That's anybody that's that's been caught up in in things uh, that's got a past or has some hurts. Um, we, we have a long list of people like that in the scripture. Yep. Uh, you can go to the first chapter of uh, Matthew, and you can read through a long list of descendants of Jesus Christ uh, down his family tree, and you find a big bunch of mistakes. <laughs> but guess what? They're in his lineage. Yep. So don't overlook them. Amen. We love you. We thank you for listening. We're praying for you. Thanks for tuning in to the Cultivate Network podcast. Until next time, keep cultivating.